Well, hopefully, having again been reminded of those key values, we're going to do something slightly different with this whole idea tonight, in the sense that I don't want to sort of cause a major eruption in the church by asking people to give up doing things. But what I think is important tonight is there might be new things that you can do for God and for the church and for the community, but there might be things as well where perhaps you're the wrong person in a particular role. And actually what tonight will be about is revealing that and saying, you know what, I'm called to serve God in a very different way to the way that I'm currently serving him. I know someone who was uh, involved in welcome at a church and, um, and did it very faithfully week after week and organized a team and just hated it. It was stressed and hassled every week and worried that people wouldn't come up and she struggled to be kind and friendly and welcoming because she was so stressed about doing the job. And someone, very wise person, said to her, do you not think there might be someone better to do that job? Perhaps you're stopping someone who's brilliant at that doing that job. And actually thought, perhaps I could just give up doing it. And she gave up doing it and she found another job to do and someone else took over and was probably more comfortable in that role. So sometimes we get asked to do jobs and they might be perfect for us but perhaps we're just the person that someone's bumped into and they think, oh, they can help me out. It's not necessarily the right job for us. So hopefully tonight will not simply be about everybody doing a bit more, though obviously in a busy church like this, there's lots for everybody to do, but it will be finding what's right for you and and what might help you a little bit. If you could pop the first slide up, please, Neil, that'd be fantastic. So the service section of... um, the, the four different areas that we're looking over in the last few weeks. This is the third. We started off uh, with Joy talking about being reliant on God and what that means. And that was a really powerful two weeks ago. Ron last week talked about community and what it meant. We, if you were here, he got us to do quite a lot of the work and we were talking amongst ourselves and trying to come up with how we can help our community and bless our community. And then this third section moves us on to serving And then the final week, we'll talk about being relevant. So what hopefully I'm going to talk about tonight, we'll focus on this service area and perhaps individually and as a church, how we can serve our community. We have a few problems, but it doesn't matter. We will get there with the PowerPoint. I'm just going to read again the bit that you saw on Stephen's fantastic uh, animated uh, graphic of this. I'm going to read it to you and then at some point, hopefully... It will appear on the screen. So this is what uh, you know, we said. And this, remember, came out of the questionnaire and lots of people discussing what it was to serve. And this is what we said. We offer ourselves for others. We offer ourselves for others, encouraging each other to use and develop the skills that God has given us. We believe that every person has a unique part to play in serving God through the church and wider community. We work as a team, a body, with no one gift being more important than another. We encourage everybody to get involved, celebrating our uniqueness in Jesus as we give, serve, pray, and invite. And we're going to unpack that a little bit. And we're going to have a think about how we can individually respond to that. Particularly those final four words, give, serve, pray, and invite. I'm going to sort of break down that a little bit. And we're going to talk about uh, a scripture from the Bible for each of those and how that might relate to us. But this is all about being unique individuals. It's all about God giving us that job to do. If we think about the Bible and the people who served God most effectively, they were not people who were necessarily fully equipped. 
you know, without going through all those great stories again, but, you know, David, as we know, was a wonderful man of worship, but he was also very flawed. He committed adultery. He had one of his best friends killed in a battle. That's not a great start, but God chose him. Moses kept on saying, not me. Can't be me, Lord. Choose someone else. Choose someone more confident. Choose someone who can talk in front of people. Choose someone who's a natural leader. And God said, no, I want you to do it because you will have to rely on me to bring my people out of captivity in Egypt. It's not about necessarily have we got everything we need to do to, the, do to do the job as it is, but also God gives us gifts to do. And there might be people who are good with working at children or being fantastic on the door or with, with, with catering and, and hospitality or praying with people or leading or teaching. So, you know, sometimes God equips us, but sometimes he wants us to do something that we feel a bit scary about because we're not quite sure how we can do it. So that's what we'll think about today. So that's, that's what that's all about. That's the sort of the, the overall vision of what the church is trying to do. But as I said, those four final words, give, serve, pray, and invite. We're going to talk about those in a little bit more detail. But first, I'm going to show you something that, again, might be very familiar to a few people. It was sort of, it's a, a sort of leadership and management and group work uh, idea that's been around for years and years. But it might be the first time you see it. So if we can have the next slide. We've only just got that one up. So you might have heard of this idea before. These are called the four Ps. Put your hands up if you've heard of this before. So very teachery. Four Ps. Thank you. People have been on business course like Andre. Absolutely. Now you might have heard this. We used to take, when we took our, I'm a school teacher and we always used to uh, take our uh, sick formers away on a course, a leadership course. Uh, and they, they were mixed with the girls from the next door school, which is always interesting because how they reacted with the girls. Some of them didn't know them very well was very interesting. And we always did this little exercise at the start of the course when we said, where do you think you fit in at the moment on this course? Have you been dragged to this course? Are you a bit of a prisoner? Do you not really want to be here? Or are you just going along with it at the moment? Are you a passenger? Are you just sitting here quite happily, but you're not really taking part? Are you a protester? Every time you're asked to do something, do you say, oh, we can't do that, or we haven't got time for that, or it's not going to work? Or are you someone who's just a participant? Do you get stuck in and take part and do lots of great things? And for any organisation, and the church is exactly the same, you might feel you fit into one of those categories. Or you might feel that you're a sort of a mixture, or you're, you know, you're on that sort of line where you're a mixture of being a participant and a prisoner, or a bit of a passenger stroke protester. And in churches, there are, of course, there are all of these people sitting. You, know, you, you might feel you're a passenger. You might feel you come along every week and you you know, you hope the right worship song comes up and you're a bit disappointed at that one or it's a new song or, or you're hoping a particular person will be at the front so you might think, oh, not him again, I wish it was Ron or whatever. You might feel that you're sort of sitting there like you've gone to a show, gone to a cinema or a theatre and you're, it's a good one or a bad one but, you, you know, you're not necessarily taking part, you're, you're sort of just going along for the ride. Hopefully there's no prisoners here, but I'm sure there's the odd person who feels they're dragged along to church or they've got to go. Or perhaps they feel guilty. They don't really enjoy it, but they think, oh, I've got to go along. I've been t- I was brought up to go to church. I should do it. And they don't actually enjoy being here, but they feel they're doing it because of perhaps their conscience or perhaps for guilt. You might be in that prisoner. A protester, you might disagree with things. You might sit here thinking, God, why isn't the vicar wearing vestments? This is ridiculous. Why don't we do the peace? When was the last time we had communion? And you're actually protesting about things. You might be secretly seething as you walk away at church, thinking, well, I've been to better churches than this. Now, 
Of course, churches can be criticised and that's fine, but in an ideal world, we'd have lots of people out there who are participants, who don't see it as Claire's job to be in charge of everything because she's a professional vicar person, to say, well, no, actually all of us are in this together. We're all part of the church. So although it's probably not her job to do it, Claire was spending ages before the service sweeping things up. Now, she's not paid to sweep the church, but she just gets on and does it like she gets on and does lots of things. Because not only is she in an official capacity here, but she just sees a job and she does it. And it's fantastic we've got people like that in our church. So if you're a participant, you're more likely to just get stuck in. And that's a fantastic thing to do. Okay, next one, please, Neil. So of these sort of four key ideas of giving, serving, praying, and inviting. I'm just going to talk about each one very briefly, and we're just going to uh, look at one particular scripture that I think illustrates it well. And, and hopefully, there'll be one of these that perhaps jumps out to you. And think, oh, actually, perhaps that's what I need to do a little bit more of. It might be that tonight you think I need to do a bit less of that. Actually, perhaps someone else needs to step up. Uh, perhaps I'm not suited for that job. Okay. So the first one that we talked about is giving. Now, this is a very famous um, part of Matthew's gospel. This is Jesus saying, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, you might remember this, that straight after that, the person who Jesus was talking to said, well, I don't remember that, Lord. I've I've never given you food. I've never clothed you. And then Jesus famously said, well, actually, when you did that for anybody else, you were doing it for me. For anybody you saw who needed clothing that you clothed, you were doing that for me. And it was obviously this message that we should look after the people around us. We should give. Now, giving, as we've already said, is quite a broad thing, and there's lots of different ways we can give to a church like this and give to God through our time, through our money, through our attention to the people around us. You might be one of those people who just always looks after the person that you meet who next to you. You always have a good chat to them. You always look after people. And that's a fantastic thing. People's experience of church is largely decided in the first few minutes as they walk through the door if someone friendly talks to them. And you might be that person who always sees perhaps a new person coming in or someone who looks unfamiliar. You think, I'm going to go and chat to them. That's a fantastic thing to do. It's not a job. You don't get a badge for that at church, but it's a fantastic thing to do. Sometimes, as I've said before here, uh, there are churches where that just doesn't happen. People sit quietly and go away and no one talks to them. And that's, that, you know, that seems quite sad. So paying attention to people, loving people, looking after you might be in a, in a life group where you ring people up or you send messages or you know there's someone in your group who needs help and you give it to them. So that's what Jesus was saying there. For every single person who's in need, if you spot that need and you try to meet it, well, you're doing that for Jesus. And again, obviously in a church like this that does things like the Fantastic Debt Relief Program and obviously uh, Restore, there are lots of very practical ways which we can give. Uh, whether it's financially or helping with those amazing organisations. We've heard lots about those in the last few weeks, and they're fantastic. It's brilliant that this church is doing them. So you might think, yeah, perhaps I could get involved in that. Perhaps that's what my service could be. Let's have a look at the next one, serve. Now, again, this is um, from Mark's Gospel. So this is uh, chapter 10. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is why Christianity is all upside down, isn't it, compared to a lot of organizations and a a lot of belief systems. Jesus was a servant. God created the world and sends Jesus his son, but rather than lording it over the world, he came into a very humble situation. He served other people. He helped people. He looked after people. And even though he was without sin and was perfect, still he was a servant. And even when his disciples were sort of arguing about who was the most important, Jesus would say, you know, haven't you learned anything? Who washes your feet? It's me who washes your feet. So wash each other's feet. And that's quite tricky. We're used to a world where things are very hierarchical. We have leaders, you know, and MPs and politicians and people in authority that we might look up to, we might, we might criticise, but there's a real sense of someone being more important. You know, phrases that we get used to, like line managers, where there's someone who's more important, you can tell you off and tell you what to do. And Christianity is the other way around. The most important figure in the whole faith is a servant, and that's what he encourages us to be. So if sometimes you feel like, I'm, I'm being treated like a servant, well, to a certain degree, that's what Jesus was saying. You know, getting on your hands and knees and sweeping up isn't a great job. No one enjoys doing it. But that's what Jesus calls us to do, to serve others. Not to think, what can I do that will make me look good or make me stand at the front and look important or get a job where people can praise me? Well, clearly it's, it's not about doing that. It's about serving God in whatever way he calls us to do that. So we can give and we can serve. And there's huge amounts of different ways in which we can serve humbly and quietly without people necessarily knowing what we're doing. But God knows. God knows what we're doing and how well we're serving him. Next one is to pray, which again, isn't something that takes huge amounts of skill or confidence. Um, It's something we're all called to do. And this is the third of these four sort of principles that we're following. And this is, again, I know you could have a whole sermon series just on this amazing bit of Romans 12, Paul's letter to the Romans. And this is just a a part of this amazing passage. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. What a wonderful model of of how to be a church that uh, we've been given there by Paul. All those different things. Christianity is not a superficial faith. It's not about smiling and being nice to people. It's about dealing with people who are in affliction, that means things are going wrong. It's being patient. It's looking after people. It's praying for people. It's celebrating joyful. And we do that a lot here, don't we? We, we, you know, we celebrate when there are new babies born and there's marriages and great things are happening. And we have sad news as well. We lose great friends. We have people who leave us and go on to other, other places. And there is, there's emotion. And that's real life. And the church is meant to reflect that. But at the heart of it is being faithful in prayer and everything we do at the church surrounding it with prayer so we bring it all to God day by day 
So being sincere, hating what's evil, loving what's good, being devoted to one another, never lacking in zeal, not giving up when when the going gets tough, but serving God faithfully, even in bad times as well as good, and constantly praying. And finally, one more, which might be, for some of us, the most challenging perhaps. The last one is this one, to invite. Now again, I don't know what you feel when you you hear that word. In the survey, the figures for how many people felt comfortable inviting their friends was ridiculously high. Was it 93% or something? It was really, really high, wasn't it? Saying that a lot of people feel comfortable inviting their friends here. But to actually do it and to invite that friend. It can be quite challenging for some of us. So that's another thing we are called to do, to invite people. That's another way of serving them. We can have a fantastic time at church and feel it's a real blessing to us, but then go into work or into our community the next day, our schools, colleges, wherever we might be, and think, oh, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm comfortable where I am. I don't need to talk to other people about it. But obviously, Jesus challenges us to do that. And this is a section, again, a quite well-known section from Matthew 5 that says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before men. Quite a few years ago, when we first came on the plant team to St. Saviour's, we had uh, some sort of pictures and visions. We talk a lot in the evening service, don't we, about if, if people have had a vision or a picture before the service and it's shared. We had this wonderful picture of fires being lit all around this area and that people would be drawn in to the church because they would see the, the fire of us, the Holy Spirit burning, and people, people would sense that something was happening in this area. We've talked a lot about people coming through the door and what a fantastic thing that is. But we are called to do that. We are called to, to let that light shine in our community, to invite people in so people can share the love of God that we're, we're trying to pass on here. So again, that's about inviting people, being a church that invites people in, that serves our community so that everybody can share in this phenomenal message of Jesus' love for us day by day. So just for a few minutes, have a little think about those different areas, but also have a little think about what you currently do, perhaps your service to the church, and just have a little think about what you do at the moment. Is it too much? Do you feel there's more that you can do? Do you, do you feel you're waiting for someone to ask you to do something, but you've been burning to be involved in worship or or to be involved in, in the hospitality of the church. You've gone, perhaps you've been to a conference, and you think, well, I could help set up that. That's, that's something I could do. I'd, really like, I'd like to pray for someone. You know, I really would like to pray. I pray my life group for people. I'd love to do it in the church. There are lots of different things. And I know we've had the opportunity to do that only a few weeks ago, and lots of people came along to the sort of the skills and the gifts training sessions. But again, sometimes we don't quite have the confidence to think, oh yeah, actually, that's what I want to do. It takes a bit of time to settle. And this is another opportunity to think, well, how can I serve the community? How can I serve the church? Is there something I'd like to do? Is there something perhaps I'm called to do? Perhaps God's given you a little nudge to say, you could do that. Remembering that some of those amazing figures we hear about in the Bible all the time were not skilled people. Jesus chose 12 disciples, all of very different skills, 
he didn't look for, you know, it wasn't a sort of X-factor apprentice where you try to find the best person and choose them. He just chose people who he thought would serve him. Fishermen, you know, and they were obedient and they founded a, a church of two billion people. So, okay, we can, we can all get involved, but let's uh, pray and let's allow God to sort of speak to each one of us about what we're doing at the moment and do we need to, to serve him in a different way. Perhaps, perhaps the band could come back up and I'll, I'll just lead us in a prayer and we can have a chance just to think about this as we respond. Um, this isn't about guilt. This isn't about, you know, we should all do more. Yes, we're a busy church. There's a lot that can be done. It's about doing what God is calling you to do. God loves you individually. That's what's so amazing about God, despite how huge he is. He knows us as individuals. He knows exactly what's in our mind at the moment, what our needs are, what our desires are, what our concerns are, what our problems are. So let's just have that. Perhaps as we close our eyes, just think about the next step. Do you need to serve more? Is there a particular area that you're being called to serve? Is it about giving? Is it about time or money or the skills that you have? Is there a way you could serve others in some capacity? Is it about praying for others? Is it about inviting your friends and colleagues and neighbours to come to this church? You might want to think about, are you a a passenger at this church and, and you'd like to be a participant? Or are you a protester? And perhaps you need to say, well, actually, you know, perhaps I criticise too much and I need to ask God to forgive me and encourage me to, to be more of a participant in this church. Are you a prisoner? Do you feel that you're being dragged along? Or you're only here perhaps for reasons of guilt, but actually you also want to be a participant. And most of all, we need uh, the Holy Spirit to help us with all this. It's not about doing more. It's about doing the right things. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the skills and gifts you've given us as a body of Christ here in Sunbury. Thank you for the jobs many of us already are doing day by day in the church. Thank you for all the people who volunteer for so many things. But Heavenly Father, thank you that you know us individually and you love us and you number the hairs on our head. And before a word is on our lips, you know it as well. And we just pray you just uh, speak to us individually now about what we might do. Perhaps there's something we need to stop doing. Perhaps there's another area of ministry you'd like us to get involved in. So Heavenly Father, fill us with your spirit and speak to us. Guide us and encourage us with what more we can do. In Jesus' name. Amen.